good evening. This is Three Valleys Radio. It's Friday night, and it's time for another Bresbet Racing Show. On the show tonight, we've got trainers, we've got jockeys, we've got Colin Brown, of course. Dave Wilson's here as well. And, of course, we've got uh, Charlie Mann telling us about the uh, Ukraine uh, marathon trip. Uh, also, we have got Simon Holt talking about the Scottish Grand National. And we've also got something from the British Racing Club coming on to talk to us about that. So hopefully, a pretty full and entertaining show for you. So, as is usual on this show, let's waste no time and get straight into the racing news from the Racing Media, of course, with Mike Patton. Hello, and a very warm welcome along to this week's edition of the Racing News, featuring all the news that is the news from the Racing Media. That includes Racing TV, the Racing Post, and the Sporting Life. And here's our first story this week. Two of Global Racing's biggest names in Frankie Dettori and Bob Baffert combined for a World Cup win that will occupy plenty of column inches for days and weeks to come as country grammar surged clear of hot favourite Life is Good. His win was greeted by rapturous celebrations from US Saudi owner Amir Zedan who has been linked recently with a bid for Chelsea Football Club. Zedan has been the most passionate defender of Baffert since the Hall of Fame trainer became embroiled in legal wrangles surrounding the positive test returned by Zedan's Medina spirit for beta-methazone, a process which saw the horse stripped of his Kentucky Derby win and Baffert currently suspended by Churchill Downs and the Kentucky Horse Racing Commission. But first the race. Life is Good may have slightly repeated his half-stride misstep out of the gate from the Pegasus, but Irad Ortiz was able to use his stall-one draw to set the pace and was hardly pressured by Midnight Bourbon and Country Grammar. Turning for home, he looked to still have plenty left for a first try at a mile and a quarter, but the gauge ran empty quickly, and it was Zidane's blue and red silks and a determined Dettori who surged down the outside. The race panned out exactly as I thought until the half-mile pole, and I felt life is good was getting away from me, said Dettori, who was winning a fourth World Cup, but a first since the days of Nadal Sheba. I thought I'd try something different, so I got him on the right leg, and we went to the outside for fresh air and filled his lungs. It was a surreal moment when I passed the furlong pole and thought, I've won this. Dottori said his 16-year drought in the biggest race, staged in a country that has been his second home, has been an itch he was desperate to scratch, and revealed the story of how he got the ride. I've equaled Jerry Bailey now, and he's a hero of mine, said Dottori, whose three previous winners, Dubai Millennium, Moon Ballad and Electrocutionist, came in the Godolphin Blue. Once I got a smell of country grammar being free, I disturbed Mr. Zidane in his polo game, and he told me to ring Bob, who made me swear I was free to ride. I've known Bob for over 30 years from my time in California, and I've galloped horses for him in the past, but I really believe it's my first race ride for him. In Riyadh, 
Country Grammar ran a fine second over an inadequate one mile one furlong, a performance that Baffert's assistant Jimmy Barnes described during the week as quote, a twenty million dollar prep race for a twelve million dollar target. Zidane took over a sizable chunk of time during the Saudi Cup World Broadcast to state his belief that Medina Spirit had been wronged and that Baffert would be vindicated when due process had run its course. And in his greatest hour, the owner was not backing down from his support for Baffert, the ghost at the feast as he too won a fourth World Cup. This was a real plan executed by none other than the best trainer that the sport has witnessed, Bob Baffert, said Zidane. The horse was on the bench for pretty much the whole year since the Hollywood Gold Cup, and the way Jimmy Barnes over here and the whole Baffert team have got this horse in condition is just art. Medina Spirit remains the most talked about horse in America, even though his life was cut short when collapsing on Santa Anita track during a workout in December. Zidane said, Medina Spirit is a champion, and the grit that country grammar demonstrated is pretty much parallel and reminds me of Medina Spirit. These horses have nothing but heart. With Frankie and Irad, that was all class. Hot Rod Charlie and the Japanese-trained Chuba Wizard both passed Life is Good deep inside the final furlong, and there has to be a good chance Todd Pletcher will look to take him back in trip next time. Windstar Farm has a share in both the principal players, and Chief Executive Elliot Walden said, We knew the distance might be a stretch, and that's why we run Country Grammar as well. He was a great option because we knew he would stay the mile and a quarter. Asked if life is good was too fast to sustain his brilliance over ten furlongs, Walden added, He ran his race. It's a long way to come, and they went two minutes five seconds. Life is good, is a hell of a horse, and country grammar, this was his day. And next, here on the Racing News. Three individuals among the 23 arrests made in a coordinated swoop by police investigating a potential doping ring have been charged, although no names have been released. A prosecuting judge in Bordeaux has levelled the charges after 80 officers raided premises across France on Tuesday, with media reports pointing to both racing and trotting professionals, as well as a number of vets being persons of interest. In a statement released jointly by the National Horse Racing Federation, France Gallop and Le Trot, the three individuals who have been charged have also been banned from having any contact with racing or training establishments. The statement said, In addition to being charged by the judiciary, these individuals have been banned from frequenting any race course and participating in any activity connected to race horses. The other people involved in the police action that have not been charged as of yet do not face any sanction, have not had their horses seized and are not banned from running. The newspaper La Parisienne named a number of high-profile people from the trotting world as well as two jumps trainers, one of whom saddled a large number of runners at Fontainebleau on Friday and thus is presumed not to have been charged as of now. The statement from the Bordeaux prosecutor explicitly pointed out that more charges could yet be forthcoming among those arrested on Tuesday while offering the possibility of further raids. Five more people had their time in custody extended on Thursday. And our next story up here on the Racing News. 
Australian sprinter Artorias is to be readied for an ambitious British challenge in Group 1 races at Royal Ascot and Newmarket this summer. Co-trainer Sam Friedman said on Monday that the Group 1 winning Colt is enjoying two weeks of downtime before being prepared to tackle the Platinum Jubilee Stakes at Royal Ascot in June, followed by Newmarket's July Cup. He's having two weeks off before he heads to Royal Ascot, said Friedman. He's in a paddock during the day and box at night before we start to ramp up his work again towards the Platinum Jubilee. Last season's Blue Diamond Stakes winner was luckless on his latest start in the Newmarket Handicap, where he lost many lengths by switching sides of the track, only for those also held up to come from where he originally jumped. The Platinum Jubilee and then the July Cup are the two targets front of mind for him, Friedman added. They are both on testing tracks with a strong uphill finish, which should hopefully bring into play his ability to run out a strong 1,400 metres. Also in the races over there, they always go along at a good tempo, which should suit him. Friedman has already done some reconnaissance on the mission and said Artorias has emerged from his new market handicap run as he had hoped. He said Uncle Lee and Father Tony had Miss Andretti go over and win the King Stand in 2007. And actually I touched base with Lee for some tips on the best way to go about it. We just felt that it's a fairly big trip, so giving him that break now will keep him nice and fresh heading towards that trip overseas. It was another good, honest performance last time. He's a model of consistency. I know he hasn't won for a while, but he doesn't put in a bad performance. Lightning Stakes winner Home Affairs and the world's highest-rated sprinter Nature Strip remain in training, with the Group 1 TJ Smith Stakes at Randwick on April the 2nd, a possible target ahead of planned Royal Ascot trips too. And next up, here on the Racing News. Commentator Ian Bartlett was left in stitches when a difference of opinion amongst jockeys meant there were two separate races in the Briere's chase at Fontainebleau. The riders aboard Paintball and Eric Leviking opted to take the outside course in the two-mile six-furlong chase, while the main body of the field stayed closer to the running rail at the French track. Paintball and Eric Leviking negotiated one set of fences, while the rest of the six-runner field jumped another adjacent set. Oh, they've gone two different ways, the commentator explained. We've got two races here. Let's hope one bunch work out who has gone the wrong way soon. The caller giggled throughout, and matters were confused further when the nearside group, which were following the correct route, nearly crossed paths with a groundsman. Bartlett despaired, he said, hold all your tickets because Lord alone knows what the Stuarts will make of this and what eventually will win. After jumping several fences, Paintball and Eric Leviking rejoined the other runners when the courses merged but found themselves several lengths behind. The favourite St. Pair from the main group wore down Highliner Great in the closing stages to win under David Gallon for Hector Le Lagoneste and Guillaume Macaire in Friday's race. Paintball and Eric Leviking were subsequently disqualified by the stewards. And next up, here on the racing news. Not even a pixel could separate Lord North and Panther Lassa, as the Group 1 Dubai turf was shared after the stewards poured over a photograph for what was an agonising amount of time. 
The John and Thady Gosden train Lord North strolled to a three-length success in the race last season, but needed to fight with every sinew as Frankie de Tory delivered one late surge on the 72 chance to join long-time leader Panthalassa on the line, while a second Japanese challenger Van der Gaard wore down on the pair. It took five minutes to whittle the choice down to two, and the same again before a dead heat was announced between Lord North and Yoshita Yahagi's game frontrunner, Panthalassa, with the £2,222,222 prize split down the middle. Lord North spent almost a year off the track with a throat infection and, after posting a hugely encouraging comeback when finishing second in the winter derby at Lingfield, returned to his best form at Maiden. John Gosden said, It's a very fair result. We did get ourselves in a Japanese sandwich there. Those Japanese horses are so tough. They knocked us for six in the Saudi Arabia and they've come here and won four races now. I'm thrilled with our boy. He's been off for a year with a very nasty throat infection and we managed to get him back just in time. We gave him a prep in the winter derby trial and we were thrilled with his effort. His son and co-trainer Thady was asked if the plan would be for Lord North to attempt to win back his Prince of Wales stakes title at Royal Ascot. Most likely he'll head over there. It's a race he's won before, he said. We hope he gets back from this okay. Yahagi, sharing his third prize on the night after victories in the Dubai Gold Cup with Stay Foolish and Godolphin Mile, liked that idea for his improving five-year-old. If Lord North goes to the Prince of Wales, I want to go too, he said. He usually goes hard from the front and I thought he'd go from a little bit further out, but he saved some for the finish. I've already had a lot of luck today, so I didn't think we'd lose. This was his first time on firm ground. In the past, he's preferred softer ground, so taking him over to Europe would certainly be high on the agenda. And finally here on the racing news. Shiraya landed a fifth victory on a magnificent night for Japanese trained horses in the Maiden in the Dubai Shima Classic, although those closest to Ibia and Pryal Driver were ruining their luck. Authority, also trained in Japan, set a muddling pace with Pole Driver tucked in behind and Ibia anchored at the back of the field. The race looked to be opening up for Pile Driver and Frankie Dutori as the runners entered the last two furlongs, but he became trapped behind Authority and Shariah, losing his momentum at a key moment. Yabir, meanwhile, was making up ground rapidly on the outside as the pace quickened, but the line came just too soon. Shariah held on to take the prize for trainer Hideki Fujiwara and jockey Christian Demuro, with Yabir second, Authority third and Pile Driver fourth. Charlie Appleby had no issue with William Buick replicating the hold-up tactics which paid off so sweetly in the Breeders' Cup turf. As we've seen, that's sort of unfortunately his run style, but he's learning. So hopefully in time we'll be able to ride a bit more of a race on him. But to give a Japanese derby winner a 10-length head start takes a bit of doing, Appleby said. But we saw his class the way he's finished, and most likely we'll head to Belmont for the Manowar Stakes in May. Trainer William Muir had endured a frustrating watch with a furlong to run before Pile Driver came with a renewed effort and was beaten a length. There is now a decision to be made about defending the Coronation Cup or a later season campaign. Frankie said if he got the split he wins, the trainer said. He'd had to take him out of his stride, break his momentum and switch him wide. He also said he'd hoped they'd gone a bit harder up front. 
Both trainers will be interested to learn what Fujiwara has in mind for Shiraya, who is a four-year-old only having his seventh start and has already been third in a Japan Cup. He's a Japanese derby winner and a deep-impact colt, so we would like to go for big international races, the trainer said. There's the Breeders' Cup, the Ark and the Japan Cup, so maybe one or two of those. This has been this week's Racing News, with all the news that is the news from the racing media, and that's from the Racing TV, the Racing Post and the Sporting Life. I'm Mike Padden. Thanks for listening and join us again next time. Well, our thanks to Mike Padden for all the racing news. Now let's have a look and see where we can go racing this weekend. So we can start with seven races over the jumps at Newbury with a one o'clock start. Seven races over the jumps at Chepstow with a 108 start. Races over the jumps at Air with a 115 start. Seven races on the flat at Lingfield on the all weather with a 155 start. Seven races on the flat at Wolverhampton, also on the all-weather, with a 5.30 start. And there's also racing in America, so if you want to pop over there, you would know where to go. And then on Sunday, we've got Hereford. Seven races over the jumps at Hereford, with a 1 o'clock start. Seven races over the jumps at Plumpton, with a 1.55 start. And also, if you want to go to America again, Oak Lawn Park. uh, One race on the flat at 12.35. Now, I wonder how many of our listeners were around in the early 60s, because uh, I'm going to give you a little snippet of an interview that we've got on uh, Three Valleys Radio uh, on our In Conversation series with a gentleman called Jamie Reed, who's written a book called Doped, which is basically about all the horse racing doping that went on in the early 60s. And by early 60s, I'm talking 61, 62, 63 so uh, have a listen, see what you think, and if you like it, you can obviously listen to the whole podcast on Three Valleys Radio. And all you've got to do is go to the website, which is www.threevalleysradio.com, and go to ped pop, excuse me, go to podcasts, and you'll know where to find it. First of all, I mean, it is the story of the 1960s racehorse doping gang, as to quote him on here. And you actually won yep. the 2013 William Hill Sports Book of the Year. So well done for that. Thank you very much. Yeah, um, it was a wonderful, wonderful evening. Yeah. Now, um, what brought you to, to write a book such as this? Well, I mean, it, it, it sort of came out of years and years of a lifelong fascination with and love of horse racing mm-hmm. and the whole betting and gambling side of racing. Yeah. Um, to be honest, um, I mean, I was I was introduced to racing by my grandmother um, when I was as young as about seven years old. I remember she giving me the money to have a bet on the 1961 Grand National, and I picked the winner because it was a grey horse called Nicholas Silver. Yeah. yeah. And I think I, I think I, I had a had a, a couple of bob, as we used to say, a couple of shillings each way on him, and he and he won at um, something like twelve to one or whatever. So that was. Yeah. <laughs> A good start, but mm. um, I used to be taken racing in the south of England where I grew up when I was a kid, and I loved the atmosphere of tracks like Epsom, Brighton, um, the ones with a bit of a raffish aura to them, slightly spivish. Um, I found it all fascinating, mm-hmm. and it, it, it got me watching racing regularly on television, and, and again, being the age I am now, my, my year of watching watching racing TV in the 60s and into the 70s was the great Peter O'Sullivan was the commentator on the BBC, yeah. who was absolutely peerless, yeah. and, and then I started going racing with like-minded friends um, when, I, when I left home, 
and we would we I think my first Cheltenham festival that I went to as a race goer was in 1973 and I've tried to go pretty much nearly every year since then other than the last few with the with the pandemic mm-hmm. and um I just became absolutely obsessed you know I love it and I've I've, I've done racing journalism uh, I worked as a as a racing journalist for for the independent on Sunday and for the Guardian um, and I've done lots of feature articles down the years, and I, I did three or four books in the 80s into the early 90s, and then I had a kind of gap for, for about 10 years, really, um, and then I came back with Doped. Um, it was an idea that I had. I, I remember reading all about the story of these dopers, these horse dopers, and it was very sensational at the time, not least because the Derby favorite, a horse called Pinterischio, was one of the horses that they got at mm. and then they ended up getting at uh, a horse belonging to the queen mother and the whole thing became very dramatic and colorful um and the fact that it involved this 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 bookie and punter bill roper who had a wife and family in north london but he'd also fallen madly in love with their former au pair who was this very lovely swiss french young woman called micheline Lujan. Mm. and bill wanted to try and keep her as his mistress and lover and have a life with her and he got involved in the whole racket of stopping favourites and and fixing races. And it, what might have started out as something you might pull off once or twice um, in order to to, to, to to make make a make money out of it, he ended up getting in much deeper than he ever wanted to. And real villains became involved, and they started threatening him and saying that that, that more horses had to be doped. And he, he, he was caught between the, the gangsters on the one side and the law on the other. Um, so, it, you know, it's a fascinating story about also about the social background to racing in, 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 the, in the 50s and 60s, the class system that still existed, the antiquated nature of the jockey club then, who were, who were no good at all at being sheriffs and coppers and trying to catch the dopers it wasn't until the real scotland yard got involved that they Mm. were they were taken down um and it and it's it's such an interesting period in history that all through the period of the profumo scandal and things that were happening england was just on the cusp of change you know and and all that all that fed into the background to the book um and and so i did that and, and we had great success with it and i've done Three others since then. I, d- I did a book following that called Bloom, which was a true story of a racehorse trainer called John Goldsmith, mm-hmm. who was a, a secret agent in World War II for the Special Operations Executive. And then one called Monsieur X, which was all about a French gambler, Patrice de Muti, who took on the Paris Mutuel state betting system in France in the 60s and 70s and made a fortune from, from very brilliant uh, and inspired betting coups. But again, he ended up being in in the grip of the French mafia um, and he ended up dead I'm sorry to say and then the most recent one I've done was a biography of the bookmaker Victor Chandler yeah. who's one of the most biggest and most colourful bookies of, of, of the years from the 70s till to the 21st century and um, that was tremendous fun um, that's called Put Your Life on It and that, that was published last autumn so um, that, that that's the sort of span of the books really mm, and yeah the one thing that's constant is, you know, I'm, I'm a passionate lover of the turf and uh, all, all the stories and the scams and the scoundrels and the, the kind of Damon Runyon flavour mm. inside it. OK, well, that was a, a snippet of an interview with a gentleman called James Reed, who has written a book called Doped, 
And if you uh, are turned on by that, then go to our website, threevalleysradio.com, and you will find a podcast section, and there is a podcast of the complete interview on there that you can listen to. So I hope you enjoyed that. Sweet, sweet memories you gave of me. Well, while we're on the subject of going back in time, let's go back in time for our memory slot. And this week we're going back to 1987 to the Grand National, of course, and it was run by Maori Venture with jockey Steve Knight on board. One girl, one boy, some grief. So let's have a listen to Peter O'Sullivan's commentary of the race. Made of this. And that's it, that away, away to a first-timer and streaming down across the Manning Road. Corbier is one of the first to show, the 83 winner, and it's Corbier from Inshore and Plundering, Northern Bay on the outside, with right up there with them. Valencio for Czechoslovakia and as they come to the Melling Road it's Corbier plundering inshore Valencio and Lanarai and we join them at the first with John Hanmer and Corbier one of the leaders then Valencio then comes Classified and over the first and the leaders have jumped in safely but Lucky Roo is a faller towards the back and another faller was Smartside so smart side and lucky Roo down at the first. I can't see another faller as Lana Rye leads over the second. And right out the back is the Elia and Daltmore, but they've all jumped the second safely as they come to the third. It's Lana Rye from inshore, Northern Bay. Then Eamon Zone on the inside, then Attitude Adjuster. And Brian Tricks is a faller towards the outside there. Going to the next fence and inshore, right up with Lana Rye. And Glenru, another faller at the ditch, but they're all over the fourth with the Elia and Daltmore still the back markers as we join Julian Wilson. Lanarai is right up there and classified in a prominent position as they come to the fifth. Lanarai jumps it in front. Lanarai, the leader, close behind the leaders is uh, Your Welcome in, in Shore, is in a good position in second place as they run down to Beaches Brook with Lanarai, the leader from Inshore. Then Your Welcome and then Northern Bay as they come to Beaches for the first time. And Lanarai rises first. Inshore is over, makes a bad mistake. Attitude Adjuster makes a bad mistake. Uh, Bewley's Hill is down. And Dark Ivy is down. Dark Ivy and Bewley's Hill with the two fallers of beaches as they jump the seventh. Lanarai from Big Brown Bear on the inside. Lanarai from Big Brown Bear. In third place is Northern Bay. Behind Northern Bay is... Eamon's Owen, then you're welcome towards the outside, and then Inshore, who made that mistake at Beaches, as they jump the canal turn, with Big Brown Bear over from Lanarai in second, Northern Bay is third, you're welcome is fourth, then Eamon's Owen behind that, and Attitude Adjuster, then Plunderer and Classified, over that one, which was Valentine's Brook, and all the leaders over it as we rejoin John Hammer. And Big Brown Bear is in the lead from classified and then on the outside is northern bay and lana rye and then you're welcome and Eamon's Owen, and then attitude adjuster and they're all over that the back markers are hi harry and the elia Dalmore and run to me meanwhile the leaders at the next big brown bear from northern bay then lana rye is next then comes your welcome behind him is Eamon's Owen, then preben fair attitude adjuster and classified then why forget the Zarevich and Plundering? 
and then West Tip and Corby Air and Maori Venture and there followed on the inside by Smith's Man on the outside by Tracy Special then comes Bright Cream Colonel Christie then Brown Tricks then Mononor and behind Mononor Cranlone and right out the back still are Brett the Elia Hi Harry La Bambino and Daltmore as we join Peter O'Sullivan and it's Big Brown Bear on the inside, Lanarai on the far side, Northern Bay between horses, just in behind them come Your Welcome, and then Eamon's Owen travelling strongly, and Inshaw's just in behind them, but it's Big Brown Bear and Lanarai as they come down to the next. Big Brown Bear and Lanarai matching strides as they come to it. Eamon's Owen going very well on the outside, Northern Bay right up with them, Your Welcome's just in behind the lead racing down to the next and this is the one before the chair and as they come to it it's big brown bear northern bay lanarai and eamon zoe your welcome and attitude adjuster just in behind them then comes classified coming down now to the chair and as they come to it it's big brown bear northern bay lanarai Behind them come Eamon Zoin, then's your welcome attitude adjuster and insurer and the Zarovich and at the chair. Big Brown Bear lands in the lead. The fall of those Eamon Zoin, Jackie Oliver's gone, coming down to the water, and it's Big Brown Bear in the lead in second place. In second place is Lanarai, and third is Northern Bay. Then comes your welcome. Behind your welcome is classified insure and attitude adjuster, then plundering on the inside. West Tip is very close then, and as they swing left-handed, it's Lanarai, and Big Brown Bird is beauting it ahead of Northern Bay, and your welcome then comes inshore. Little Polver went at the chair. On the inside then comes West Tip making steady progress with classified and the Zarovich. Behind them comes Smith's man, and then Mona Noor making progress from the rear. They cross the Nutting Road. Lanarai, Big Brown Bear, inshore towards the outside with your welcome, and Northern Bay well up there, and over to John Hanmer. And Big Brown Bear on the inside disputes the lead with Northern Bay, then Lanarai towards the centre of the fence, and Lanarai just about landed in front of your welcome, then Northern Bay, then West Tip just tracking the leaders, Big Brown Bear on the inside, plundering, Maori Venture getting closer than the Zarovich as Lanarai leads over that, and no fallers at that one yet, and the back marker still going over Drumlag and right at the back, as they come to the 19th, the big ditch preceded by two loose horses, it's Lanarai. The Bambino has refused. All the leaders over the ditch safely, and it's Lanarai from Big Brown Bear. Then Northern Bear, your welcome attitude adjuster. Then Insure Maori Venture. Then the Zarovich West Tip. And classified as we join Julian Wilson. Drumlagans refused. Lanarai still clear. You're welcome there in the centre. Attitude adjuster going really well. Towards the inside, Big Brown Bear is right up there with them as they come towards the one before the features. Lanarai, Big Brown Bear jumped it in second place. In the centre, Attitude Adjuster with your welcome. Towards the outside, Preben first making a bit of ground as they run down to Beaches for the second time. Lanarai, Big Brown Bear on the inside. Attitude Adjuster with the blinkers and they jump Beaches. Lanarai makes a mistake, gets away with it. All the leaders over Beaches for the second time with Big Brown Bear on the inside from Lanarai. West Tip creeps up into third place just in front of Attitude Adjuster as they come to the 23rd fence. Big Brown Bear over that, all over Beaches they were. 
Big Brown Bear from Lana Rye now taking the lead again on the outside. Lana Rye is from Big Brown Bear and West Tip then Attitude Adjuster and you're welcome. Then Northern Bay and Classified on the inside and the Tsarovich as they come to the canal turn. Lana Rye over it from Big Brown Bear, West Tip in third, Attitude Adjuster, then you're welcome in Northern Bay, then the Tsarovich and one who's unseated his rider there was Classified. Classified is unseated his rider as they jump Valentine's and back to John Hammer. And Lana Rai is in the lead with Attitude Adjuster second, then Big Brown Bear, you're welcome, West Tip, Northern Bay, Mary Venture, the Zarovich, and Tracy Special, and then comes Plundering, and then Smith's Man, and I've got to look a long way back to the others, but going to the last ditch, four from home, and Attitude Adjuster being driven up to challenge Lana Rai. Then in third place, Big Brown Bear, then you're welcome, West Tip, Mary Venture, the Zarovich, Tracy Special, and then Northern Bay. Then comes plundering Smith's man, Bonanor, Marcolo Afala. And as they go to the third last, it's Lana Rye from Attitude Adjuster. Then Big Brown Bear, then comes your welcome. West Tip, Mari Venture, the Zarovich. Then Tracy Special, Northern Bay, plundering Smith's man and Mononor. But back to the leaders and it's Lana Rye from Attitude Adjuster. Your welcome, West Tip, Mari Venture and Big Brown Bear and the Zarovich and over to Peter O'Sullivan. And still a wide open race with Lana Ryan, 20-year-old Guy Landor in the lead from Attitude Adjuster on the inside. West Tip is under pressure now. Then comes your welcome on the outside. Mari Ventures making ground. And now it's still Lana Rye as they come down to the second last. Lana Rye with the advantage from Mari Venture going second. You're welcome third. Then comes the Zarovich in fourth and behind them Attitude Adjuster. Lana Rye lands in the lead. Mari Venture is second. They're racing now towards the final fence, and it's Lana Rye from Mari Venture. The Zarovich under pressure, and then you're welcome at the final fence. And Lana Rye lands in the lead from Mari Venture. The Zarovich is third. Four is your welcome. Five West Tip. They're racing towards the elbow, and it's Lana Rye being challenged by Mari Venture towards the stand side. The Zarovich towards the far side. The Zarovich with his white face on the far side. Mari Venture taking it up now. It's Mari Venture on the near side by half a length from the Zarovich as they race up towards the line. Mari Venture is going to win the national as they come to the line. Mari Venture has won it for 92-year-old Jim Jones. Second is the Zarovich. Third is Lana Rye. Fourth is West Tip. There we go, 1987 Grand National, won by Maori Venture with Steve Knight on board. Right, well now it's time to catch up with our regular trainers and jockeys that have come on the show every week. And first off this week we've got Joe Tizard, who I popped over to see this morning, and this is what Joe had to tell us. Well I'm over at Melbourne Port with uh, Joe Tizard. Joe, thanks for talking to us today. Um, looking back on Cheltenham now, how do you feel it went? I'm pleased with Cheltenham, you know, it's... Uh... We're all about winners, really. Which so so initially you sort of walk away from Cheltenham a bit disappointed, thinking because you never had a winner. But um, no time to reflect on it. All the horses ran 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 well. Um, managed to pick up some decent prize money, and um, they've all come out of it well. Which is so yeah. so. Um, to ultimately, without without being ecstatic because we didn't have a winner. Ultimately, the horses all ran their races and were competitive, and ran well. What's what's the situation looking like for next year? I mean, I know it's a long way off, but I mean, if you've got sort of some some budding stars in the waking, do you think here? Well, I hope so. I think like we're always trying to find the next ones, and mm. um, you know, we got we got some nice horses. The horses that we took there, most of them were young younger horses, so they hopefully they can go back again. Um, you never know what's going to improve through the ranks. 
and um, and end up there next year. But um, you know, it's it's it's, a, it's difficult to win there, and it just just shows how lucky we've been over the years. And um, you know, that's what we're trying to achieve all the time. Presumably, you say you did well with the prize money. I mean, I take it the prize money's you know pretty reasonable at Cheltenham, isn't it? Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, I mean, we managed to we managed to win over a hundred thousand with our few place horses. So like, it's very mm. strong money. But that's and it's competitive because of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And now, of course, we're looking towards uh, the Grand National at Aintree in a couple of weeks. Um, you've got two runners. Talk, talk to me about them. Yeah, so we're going to run Fiddler on the Roof and Lost in Translation. I mean, Fiddler's, Fiddler's much shorter in the bet, and he's the one. He was second in the Labrooks Trophy this year. He was second at Ascot on his last run. Just got got just got pipped late on, really. Um, and we've saved him for this race. You know, he hasn't run for seven weeks. He looks in really good order. We, we think he's off a... I'm not saying he's well handicapped, but we think he's off the mark that he's very capable off of. Well, he's actually two pound well in. He's gone up two pounds since since his Ascot run, so he is competitive off this mark. Yeah, he's got a lovely way of travelling. You know, he just he doesn't waste any energy. He's got he's got to get the trip, but that's that's the same with a lot of them. Um, so I just think he's, he's he's if he gets a bit of luck and he gets into a rhythm, I'm sure he'll be bang there two out, and then. And it's a grand national, you know, if we, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But if we if we can get him to that situation, then um, then what will be will be. It'll be bloody exciting. What what's the longest distance he's done so far? So three and a three and a half in the Hennessy or the Labrooks yeah. Trophy. So um, you know that's as close. He was three mile two yeah. in the in what was the RSA at Cheltenham last year. So he's he's been. Mm. It's only the the extra national distance. So he's yeah. he's been he's been competitive over over long enough. Well, nobody's going to give a tip for any horse in the Grand National. I've been knowing, following horses long enough to know you don't tip Grand National winners, do you? No, it's and like this year, there's not many English horses in. You know, the Irish are, at the moment they're very strong. They take a lot of beating, so um, they've got a lot of entries in the Grand National this year. I think it looks like they're going to have. I think they're going to end up having two thirds of the field are going to be Irish horses. So, yeah. um, you know, we don't really know those horses or or, or what's been going on with them, but. Um, they're in good nick. They had a school over the fences this morning, and we look forward to it. And lost in translation, you know, he's he's a he's third in the gold cup. He's got a bit of class running off 155. Yeah. I could see him being quite like ridden quite handy and, and running up to the pace. And he's a great jumper. Yeah. Um. So I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't look like he had a chance, sort of four, three or four out, something like that. So first and second then, basically. God, I should think I do. you can't you can't get that like you can't go into a Grand National bullish. I don't think you've just got to no. you got to hope the horses take to it. Hope they get into a nice rhythm. I hope that if they do, then then both these horses have got got a lot of ability. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, who's going to be riding them? So Brendan's going to ride Fiddler on the Roof, and um, Harry Cobden's going to ride Lost in Translation. Right, right. Well, you know, two good jockeys, two good horses, good trainer. It's all there, isn't it? Just need a bit of luck now. <laughs> no, well, best of luck for that. Anyway, I hope, I hope, uh, you know, I hope I'm sat in front of the telly cheering them on. Anyway, no, lovely. Joe, um, plans going ahead. I take it for you to take over soon. What, what, what's the state of play on that? Yeah, so it's going to change on the turn of the season. So um, at the Sunday meeting, when it, when everybody goes to Nort, I'm it's going to go into into my um, my name. Then it won't change the business at all, no. but um, it'll just change from Colin to. To Joe, so um, yeah, that's the plan. And what's Dad going to do? 
Dad's going to do exactly what, he, exactly what he's been doing for however long, you know. Yeah. You know, I basically, I speak to everybody and deal with everything, but Dad's still up every morning. Yeah. He yeah. goes very soon when it suits him. And, um, and um, yeah, the business model isn't going to change at all, you know. I've been a partner in the business for a long time, and that'll just be, we just run under Joe Tizard. Which is good, so I'm 42, look, so I'm the right age to be doing it. Yeah, well, I wish you all the best, mate. I hope it's a very successful switchover. Thank you. It should be smooth, you know, all the owners are expecting it. Yeah. Um, so it should be very straightforward. How many horses have you got here now? Uh, 110. Oh, fair so, yeah, that. it's a good number. Lovely yeah. number. Yeah, lovely. Well, best of luck with that. Good, man. Lovely, thanks, Joe. Well, that was Joe Tizan. Looking forward to the Grand National at Aintree. And now it's time to catch up with another regular on the show, and that's Milton Harris. Well, good morning, Milton. Nice of you to join us on the show again. Um, you've got quite a busy weekend coming up. I've got runners um, at Air on Saturday, Newbury on Saturday, Hereford on Sunday, and maybe Plumpton on Sunday. Right, and of those, um, any of them stand out particularly? Well, Jack and runs in a grade two race at... Um... At uh, Air, there's only five runners, and he's wrong at the weights, but he's an improving horse, and it's a £45,000 race. He won't finish last of the five. He'll run a big race. Um, we run Antunes at Newby in a, another quite valuable race. Um, he's um, improved, it would have seen since he's come to us. Uh, was sent to us by a good friend, Dan Scout, and a mine. Just went, felt like he wanted a change of scenery, yeah. and it seems to have worked a bit for him. And we run a nice bumper horse called... Um, we, uh, twin Jets at Hereford on Sunday. He goes well. I'd expect him to be in the shake-up. And on, Plum- on, on Sunday on Plumpty, we've got a few. We've got a lot, a lot will depend if the rain comes. I mean, I'm asking at the moment, there's no rain, but it's cold. Yeah. And it's possible that te- technological will go to Plumpton on Sunday. Um, and I suspect um, that's the only one that will run there. It's, the ground will have a, have a say, you know. Yeah. Well, we've got air. Obviously, it's the air Scottish Grand National. I'm sure they they, yeah. they think it's the main event. So, um, and we've got, as I say, only sending one up, unfortunately. But um, and actually, we worked out. We've got a couple of um, uh, strong contenders for the mayor's bumper at Aintree, which is um, Mullenbeck and uh, Rosie Redrum. Yeah, um, they're both very good horses, and both of them were one of the favourites for the race. And we may well we we go there. Well, we may well we we go there with one and save one for the Cheltenham bumper the following week, which yeah. is the mayor. So. I need to talk to the owners about that, but that they they would go there as our main candidates. We wouldn't have many other runners at the Aintree Festival, um, unfortunately. But no, look, we've had a good season, and if we can finish off with another nice winner or two at one of the big festivals again, it'd be it'd be wonderful. Absolutely. Uh, well, thanks very good much man. for today. Um, have a good weekend. And no have problem. Loads of winners. Well, we do our best. Thank you. <laughs> thanks a lot. Cheers, Milton. Now we're up to Lambourne to catch up with Jamie Snowden. Well, good afternoon, Jamie. Thanks for getting back to us. Um, weekend up in Scotland, I see. That's right. We're heading heading up to Air for a Grade Two. Um, Kiltilly Briggs runs in the uh, the Future Champions Novice Chase. So, uh, yeah, we're heading heading up to Air for Saturday. And and what chances have you got? Yeah, he's um, he, he's been he's been a very progressive horse this season in novice chasing. He's he's won a couple and been placed on his other starts so over two and a half miles. We st- including in a Grade One. We stepped him up in trip at the Cheltenham Festival um, two two weeks ago, um, thinking that might bring about a little bit more improvement because he's out of a sister to a Grand National winner. Yeah, but. He, he actually didn't stay. He ran well for a long way, boldly jump running, ju- uh, uh, jumping out in front. Um, but he just didn't see out the extra yardage. So uh, 
um, we're, we're, we're dropping back to two and a half here. And um, yeah, um, he's in, obviously it's a grade two, so it's a decent race, but, yeah. um, and he carries a three pound penalty, but um, he's a good horse. And Gavin's riding? Adrian Heskin rides for the owners. All oh, right, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's 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 the one, is it? And just the one horse at there, then. Just the just the one horse, yeah. Just the one horse, yeah. Heading up there, we we got a couple of entries on Sunday around the place, so we'll see where we go with them. But um, just the one horse up at air. Yeah, and and of the ones on Sunday, are, are, are they you know likely to run? And and if so, have they got a chance? Yeah, still still to be decided. We declare tomorrow morning for Sunday, so I'm going to have a look to see how the races pan out. Um, College Oats um, got a, got a few entries, and so does Exadella. So um, we'll, uh, we'll we'll sort of monitor those races and see which way they go. We've got to duck and dive a little bit with a pair of them. They they wouldn't be the most straightforward of individuals. So uh, mm. um, certainly wouldn't be be putting a mortgage on them. But um, it wouldn't surprise me if they did go and win. Oh, well, there you go. That's that's an encouraging. We have to see if they're going to run first though. But um, and and I see apart from being a radio star now, you've become a TV star. Or is that an old one I've seen appear on uh, internet? Oh God, uh, remind me. Um, I don't know. Well, it was it was uh, racing TV. You did an interview on racing TV, but I don't know where. Oh, did I? Okay, um, I've forgotten that. Yeah, perhaps. Right. <laughs> there we go. It must have been breathtaking if you've forgotten it that quickly then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I must have, have bought myself, Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and how's things otherwise? Everything's sort of under control? And uh, what about your Grand National entry? Yeah, so um, so Kiltilly Briggs was, was in over the National Fences. So, I'm, uh, yeah, he, he obviously runs at air instead, so mm. won't, won't go two weeks running. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, we might have a couple at the Grand National meeting. That's all right, Gino might, might be... Uh, might, might be might might go there and so might um uh a, a lovely a lovely horse um of ours called someday soon he's he's won a good few races for us so the pair of them might might go yeah and and does this um does this horrible cold snap because i don't know what it's like with you but it's freezing down here in somerset um does it sort of upset the sort of kilter of the horses a little bit or what yeah well you're right it has been very warm it's been been unusually mild through the sort of back end of March, hasn't it? Yeah, um, mild yeah. and and dry, cold nights. Um, so the grass really isn't coming through just yet, but um, cold nights, warm, warm, dry days, and um, and it's been it's been lovely. But yeah, God, the, the, this morning it really was cold. That yeah. that bit of the wind, wasn't it? Yeah. Up on the gallops, cold. And, and, uh, and um, do the horses object to that though? Well, it, it's not it. It's it's not normal, but we've not had a normal winter in fairness, no. AD. No, no, um, no, you're right. So uh, the the horses are pretty resilient. Obviously, we rugged them up pr- pr- pretty well. So yeah, um, yeah. you know they're okay. But um, it, it, you know the, obviously this time of year we've got some of the winter horses ready to go out in the fields, but um, we can't turn them out just yet. As I say, the grass hasn't really grown and it is still very cold at night. So we've just got to wait a moment and be a bit patient, and and then they can go away for their holidays. And then I, I suppose you know the main problem then is the trainer then obviously because he doesn't like the cold that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Too, right, put 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 a put a woolly hat on and another coat. And we're yeah. all okay. Well, I hope it's I hope it's a bit warmer in Scotland. Although somehow I have my doubts as it will be, but uh, we'll have to see. Yeah. Thanks, Eddie. Well, have a good trip anyway, Jamie, and um, you know bring back the bacon. Okay. That would be nice. <laughs> I'll speak to you next week then, sir. Okay. 
great stuff. Take care of yourself. Thanks, Thanks Eddie. Lee. Thanks a lot. Cheers, and Jamie. Bye bye. Well, now it's time to catch up with Nick Schofield on his way back from Warwick. Right, well, good evening, Nick. Um, busy day for you today. How'd you get on? Yeah, good evening. Um, yeah, I had a second and a fourth and a fifth. So, yeah, no winners, but they all ran reasonably well. So, how happy yeah. with that, yeah. Yeah, good. And um, what's the weekend looking like? Have you got any runners the weekend? Uh, yeah, it should be busy enough Sunday. Um, just the one ride on Saturday, possibly. Um but yeah, it's the calm before the storm a bit before entry next week. So. Yeah, quite. You haven't got to go to uh, air then over the weekend. No, no, um, I avoided that. But yeah. um, um, no, I haven't got to go there. But we look forward to entry on Thursday. Yeah, what have you got at entry? Um, uh, all being well, if they all get there in one piece, um, Santini in the Grand National or Lord of Manil, yeah. depending on ground. Yeah. And then. Uh, Sky Pirate runs in the Red Rum. Um, the horse of Archie Watson, Staghorn runs in the Handicap, I think, yeah. and uh, a few others. So, um, Riders on the Storm in the Top and Five Star Getaway in the Three Mile Handicap Chase. Oh, you've got some good ones, um, so, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, all my guns are going there, really. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, hopefully, Staghorn might be um, a little bit more uh, inclined to run this time. Do you think? Uh, we're not sure what really, nothing come to light after Cheltenham, but um, he seems in reasonable order. I'm going to sit on him on Monday just to double check, but yeah, um, yeah. we just put a line through that and move on, really. Yeah, well, sometimes it happens, doesn't it, you know, like that, and then next yeah. ne- next race out there is good as gold again, so uh, we, yeah. can, we can, but hope for that, really, can't we? But uh, Yeah, we yeah. had a nice Sunday off last Sunday, I went to Exeter Rugby, so that was a okay. um, nice day off spent and yeah. to support the local teams. And of course, it's um, uh, the weather. I mean, it's suddenly turned, doesn't it? It's uh, not very nice to ride in. I suppose it's really freezing today, I thought. I don't know what you thought. Well, I think t- today in my three rides, I think I experienced snow, sun, and wind. So we had yeah. a bit of everything. Um, yeah. It was a bit of a weird day. And, but in the mornings, it's still quite cold. But luckily, the temperatures are getting up in the afternoon. So everything's defrosting and we're yeah. able to race. Not quite so bad, then, anyway. And where, where are you no. tomorrow? You got any rides tomorrow? Uh, yeah, I've got a nice ride tomorrow for Alistair Ralph um, Grosvenor in the last race at Newbury. He could be a good each way chance. So um, he was pulled out of form the other day. The ground was a bit quick. Yeah. But um, he should go well tomorrow, hopefully. Good. Okay, then, Nick. Well, look, thanks for joining us so late. Sorry to keep you out of bed, but um, <laughs> I've been, been busy a bit today. So uh, anyway, we'll catch up with you next week, but uh, have a good weekend. Yeah. Yeah, I hope you all have a good weekend, and thanks for having me. Lovely job. You're always welcome. Thanks, Nick. See you soon, mate. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Well, that was Nick Schofield, who sounds like he's got a pretty busy weekend with some potential for some winners on Saturday. So uh, let's hope for his sake that he gets them. And now we're going to talk to Simon Holt. Simon's going to give us a preview of the Scottish Grand National. Good morning, Simon. You're coming to join us today to talk about the air meeting, I think. Well, yes, Adrian, it's it's unusual in that the Coral Scottish Grand National tomorrow is being run before the Grand National itself. Normally, there's two or three weeks, but I think it's uh, usually um, Easter is to blame to the, for these things. And uh, um, anyway, uh, so we've got a, horses that um, are running in the Scottish National where their connections perhaps. Um, don't think they could get in at Aintree, beating the ballot or others that are just better suited by the Scottish National. Um, one trainer who 
is building quite a reputation for himself with the long distance chasers is Christian Williams, yeah. who won the Ida chase with uh, Win My Wings in February. And uh, she's running in this race. She's got up eight pounds, but he's using a, a pretty good amateur to take off seven pounds. So she's going to be a leading contender, I think, Win My Wings. It was quite impressive at Newcastle. But Christian Williams also runs Kitty's Light, who was a very unlucky loser of the Bet365 Gold Cup at Sandown last April, was coming through very quickly at the end, looking like going to win the race, and then got hampered very close to the line and was denied, and it it resulted in a big steward's inquiry and quite a controversial steward's inquiry. Now, Kitty's Light hasn't managed to win uh, this season, but has run some good races, and most notably, last time out, when second to his stable companion, Cap Dunor, at Kempton. Cap Dunor had become very well handicapped. And I don't think really three miles round Kempton is quite Kitty's Light's ideal scenario. I think the horse is just a, an out-and-out stayer, wants a stiff test. And uh, I, I imagine that this would have been his target. So two strong contenders there for uh, Christian Williams. Lots of possibilities. Hill 16 is at the top of the weights and ran very well last time out. Old Vintage Clouds is in there as well. And some Irish challengers. Stormy Judge, who's a full brother to Mr. Fogpatches, who finished third in this race last year behind Mighty Thunder. And Stormy Judge looks as though he's been pretty much laid out for the race, along with uh, his stable companion, History of Fashion, who was a pretty decent third last time out in Ireland, having been quite well fancied previously for the Ida, but didn't get very far and unseated his rider quite early on. So there's a few possibilities. I also quite like Alan King's uh, novelist, Major Dundee, just a seven-year-old, and he's won two of his three starts over fences this season. But uh, the the bookmakers make Kitty's light favourite, and you can understand why, because he's got form in a in a big race, uh, as was that Bet365 Gold Cup last year, and it does look as though he's running into form in the spring once again. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But it's a, it's a big field, though, isn't it, as well, for for the National? Well, it usually is. It's um, it's a lot of runners around there at air, and it, it they tend to go a good old pace as well in this, and uh, you, need a, you need a horse that can lay up um, and obviously stay, because it is four miles. Yeah. The going is described as good to soft, and um, it's usually run on that sort of surface or even good ground. I don't know what the weather's like up in air. I mean, where I am in the southeast, it's absolutely freezing today. Um, And we've had a little bit of snow, but no rain. So um, and I'm going to Lingfield tomorrow for the all-weather, so that won't make any difference. But, um, yeah, normally it's it's goodish ground for this meeting. There's some decent... um, races on the undercard there's a, a handicap a novice handicap chase in which the Nicky Henderson trained Dusart carries top weight and he's a gorgeous horse wasn't disgraced last time out at the Cheltenham Festival It'll be interesting to see how he gets on dropped in class but with plenty of weight on his back and of course it's also the Coral Scottish Champion Hurdle which was won quite readily last year by Milkwood who beat the reopposing Anna Benina by just under four lengths. Now, Anna Bonina gets a really big pull at the weights this time, and Milkwood hasn't run for um, several months, has been off 
ran um, much earlier in the season and has now gone up. He's got 11 stone 10 this time. West Cork is in the race for uh, Dan and Harry Skelton. He was uh, fourth at the Cheltenham Festival last time, winner of the Greatwood Hurdle at Cheltenham earlier in the season. But I think Anna Bonina does look quite attractively handicapped and uh, a fastest surface, round air, as she proved last year when running so well in this race. And she's only got 10-4, gets in... Uh, of a pretty light weight and uh, uh, quite a big weight turnaround with Milkwood. So uh, I think she's an interesting one. And there's a the uh, champion novice chase as well, which features horses have been doing well this season. Manila Drama for Donald McCain. Kiltili Briggs, who possibly didn't stay at Cheltenham in the Ultima and is now back to two and a half miles. And Do Your Job, who was a horse that was running well last spring, and one last time out of the fences at Haydock. I think he's a decent horse. He's going to go off favourite. And uh, I think he might be the one. So where's the Holt money going to be going then, Simon, over the whole well, afternoon? Yeah, well, I, I do my um, selections for the Sporting Life website. And I'm going to go for Kitty's Light in the um, Scottish Grand National. I'm going to go for Anna Bonina in the Scottish Champion Hurdle. And a couple at Newbury. Um, there's a veterans chase at Newbury and I thought that Bermeo was interesting on his first run for um, Harry Fry, whose horses are in excellent form at the moment. It's absolutely flying, Harry yeah. Fry. I was yeah. at Newton last week and he had a treble there. Yeah. And um, he's inherited this horse, Bermeo, who uh, hasn't run in too many of these veterans chases, but um, ran well in the spring. Uh, last year, he, he was a good third at uh, Cheltenham, went well out of the, hand, the handicap. And he's, um, he comes here off a much lower mark, first run for Harry Fry. And for the same owners, Harry sent out a horse called How's the Cricket to win after a long layoff at Newton Abbott last Friday and won comfortably. The owners also have a good horse with Harry Fry called Dubrovnik Harry. So I think uh, Bermeo at the foot of the weights there, could be very well handicapped. And I'm going to put up one more, and that's a horse called Pearly Island, who is up in distance um, in uh, a no the novice handicap hurdle. Ran over two miles last time out behind Punctuation, who runs again. But there's quite a big weight turnaround. And Pearly Island just looked to be crying out for a longer distance. And Lucy Wadham has put up her conditional rider Corey McGibbon who's able to claim £10 so I thought Pearly Island in the 135 at Newbury at double figure odds could run well well there you go listeners this is the man who knows thank you very much uh -huh. Simon thank you very much indeed <laughs> well you've been around long enough to know what's good and what's bad in my book anyway <laughs> so uh, well look Simon thanks for joining us again um, it's been it's been good to have you back on the show and uh, no doubt we'll be talking again soon well that was Simon Holt with his suggestions for tomorrow's meeting at air now it's time to catch up with Charlie Mann and his racing to help Ukraine project and uh, I asked Charlie first of all how many lorries have they got going now 12 lorries um We've got Jim Cullity coming now as well. Um, yeah. We've got Richard Quinn, Derby winning jockey, coming. Um, yeah. O'Sheen, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Gay Kellaway. Gay Kellaway, Don French Davis. Um, yeah, we've got a good cross. cross um, You're going, are you? I'm driving, yeah. I'm yeah. driving with yeah. O'Sheen and 
Tim Kalotti. Yeah, yeah. So, um, um, and, and what about on, yeah. the, on the financial front? Have you had many many contributions? To... Yeah, it's coming in. Yeah, coming in. We've got about I don't know about forty grand in so far, but we need a lot more. Um, yeah. I mean, the fuel's going to cost thirty thousand on its own. So. Is it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, and the ferries and everything else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How, how do you actually get there then? I mean, what's what's the sort of basic route? We're leaving at two o'clock in the morning on Sunday. We're driving to Dover um, and off to and we go through France, Belgium, and then we get to Germany and we're staying the night in Leipzig. Yeah. And then we go from Leipzig on Monday morning to... Um, we are now going to Slabina, which is H-R-E-B... E double N E. Oh, I know it well. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, that's closer to Lviv. It's it's very it's just on the Ukraine border. So um, yeah. But apparently that's they need it more there than they do at Shimazal. So um, how would so that's you, where we're going. How would you split what you're taking? I mean, you know, is it sort of fifty percent for the animals and fifty percent for humans, or is it is it a different? It's, it's more for humans. I mean, there's there's nine boxes, there's six, um, two boxes, and there's four art uh, four HGVs, but there's a big Arctic, big articulated lorry which is forty four yeah. tons, and that is basically just for the horses, and that lorry is going off to a, a different distant destination, but we, we've split them up basically so um so most of it's humanitarian but the biggest lorry of a lot is for horses yeah and, and where have you got most of the humanitarian stuff from i mean obviously donations but you know big companies or individuals or how's that worked out all over i mean we're buying a lot of it in fairness um i mean individual people have brought it in um lg have very kindly given it they're doing all the ferries and the paperwork yeah um lg um who else just individual um donations really um i mean lrt have lent us two two horse boxes um way hill lent us a horse box so yeah it's, it's really donations but um we we want to buy most of it because it's all packed up and we can buy palletfuls basically it's easier to yeah. get on and it, you really don't want to be fiddling about filling boxes for the customers and things like that so no, um no, yeah it's easy easier for us to buy in bulk really and you go you say on the sunday morning after the grand national we go on the 10th day after grand national we are leaving at two o'clock in the morning yeah well, if it's okay with you, I'll give you a call when you're on the road and uh, see how things are looking. Yeah, then. yeah. But uh, yeah. you know, best of luck. I think it's uh, it seems, sounds like it's all going well. So and, uh, you know, I hope it's a going all right. It's bloody trip. hard work, must say. It's a lot harder work than I thought. But um, <laughs> it's, if we're getting there, we're getting there. Panicking a bit about yeah, things, well, but yeah, we've got we've got a day on Saturday at Newbury. We were sponsoring a couple of races, or they put our name in a couple of races, including actually the big one, the EBF final. All right. So. So it sounds so, yeah. it sounds like you know people are rallying to the cause, and obviously that's 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 uh, understandable at the time that it's going on, and especially with them making all these false promises, and you know one minute they're supposed to be stopping and then they're not. So uh, 
you know, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. no, we're being very generous. And we're bringing quite a few people back too, so we're bringing refugees back now. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. Oh, I suppose you have plenty of room in the horse boxes, won't you, if there's uh, nothing in it? No, we're bringing back. people to Germany and both France as well. Yeah. And, yeah, so we're doing a fair bit, yeah. Well, good, Charlie. Thank you very much for talking to us. No problem. We'll, we'll keep in touch. Yeah, no and, uh, best of luck. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. okay yeah. Then. All right. Thank you Thanks. very much. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, that was Charlie Marr there with all the latest on the Racing to Help Ukraine project, which kicks off the day after the Grand National. Well, now we're going to have a look at the flat racing scene, and we've got uh, Richard Phillips, Rod Millman, and Colin Brown giving us a few tips and suggestions for the forthcoming uh, flat racing. And we're going to start off with trader Richard Phillips. Right, well, I'm pleased to introduce to our listeners, uh, we've got a new expert on the show, and that is uh, in the form of trainer Richard Phillips, who's based up near Gloucestershire, I think I'm right in saying. Am Correct. I, am Scott. I right in saying yes. that? I've got that right. That's good. Richard, um, how long have you been training now? What you know? What, what's your setup like? Well, nearly 30 years. We're in the Cotswolds. We mainly have jumpers, but um, have a few flat horses. Um, but uh, we used to work for a great flat trainer called Henry Candy, who's still training very well these days and has done for the last half a century. So uh, I yeah. love my flat racing. So, um, yeah, we're lucky. We're in, we're in a nice part of the world. And, you, you know, you're going to help us out on the show with a little bit of... Uh, information and speculation on the, the flat racing front because we're a little bit uh, short on on experts on the flat we've got loads for the jumps but the flat is not so easy so um you know what's what's happening on the flat racing front i know it's sort of a slow build up from now but we've had the lincoln last weekend what did you make of that for a start well sylvester souza rode the winner for mick shannon um sylvester souza now is going freelance this year he was riding for king power yeah uh, racing yeah, and he's now a freelance. He's great. He's a great champion jockey of the past, and he could well be a champion again. Um, lots of trainers like to use him. He's a he's a nice guy, and he gets horses to run. So it was a great start to his freelance season on Saturday. Mick Shannon's horses seem in great form. Mick is one of the greatest characters in the history of the sport, never mind racing. Yeah, and uh, it's great see that horse win and yeah there's a few interesting horses who won in in ireland over the last few days as it were including mother earth yeah who was last year uh, one thousand guineas winner uh she won at the weekend and she's heading for the lock-ins now uh trained by aiden o'brien as many will know and also um two interesting horses one called tuesday which is uh, an aiden o'brien three-year-old that basically uh was runner-up in her only run last year as a two-year-old and then won a maiden pretty easily this uh, last week, as it were, and she looks like a horse of promise, and she's in the betting for I think for the Guineas and the Oaks. It's another Ballydoyle horse, uh, and also there's a, an interesting horse called Stone Age that won for Aidan O'Brien yesterday. That's been down a thirty-three to one for the Derby. He was runner-up in a few races last year, including group group races in France and Ireland. And Stone Age looks like an outsider, I think, for the Epsom Derby. Do you think that uh, Aidan O'Brien is going to sweep all before him as he tends to do? Well, he didn't last year exactly. Well, he had lots of group winners, and as he'd say, so he should. He's got some of the finest horses in the world. Um, but he's got not the favourite for the Guineas, but price wise, the racing post day goes for Luxembourg at five to one. Of course, Luxembourg was at the O'Brien's leading two year old last year, a colt by Camelot, and he won that, the, the big race at the back end at Doncaster. And Luxembourg looks like their guineas horse, as it were, along with Point Lonsdale, another 
uh, Brian Horse that actually won at Royal Ascot last year. So, but the favourite is Native Trail, um, and Caribus uh, is third favourite, and Caribus is and Native Trail both trained by Charlie Appleby for for Godolphin. So, yes, it's going to be a big year for Aidan O'Brien. Obviously, he's got some great horses, but it didn't quite hit the bullseye on, on all occasions last season. But he started off very well, and obviously, he's got some great horses. Um, you mentioned Charlie Appleby. Um, I was going to bring him up anyway, but uh, you know he's got all of the, the the pick of the Godolphin horses over there. Um, he's got to be one of the, the, the favourite from an English point of view to be uh, leading trainer, wouldn't you think? Yeah, I mean he had a great season last season internationally as well. Charlie's such a nice nice guy, uh, common sense, straightforward. Of course, trained the Derby winner last year, and he's got Native Trail, <coughs> favour the Guineas who was a breeze-up horse, actually, and, and, and won all before him last season, including the Dewhurst. So, Native Trail's favourite. But he's a very big, two-year-old, strong two-year-old colt. Sometimes those horses don't necessarily go on and be successful as three-year-olds due to the fact that the two-year-olds of last season, like himself, have caught up and got a bit stronger and now possibly as strong as Native Trail. But he looked like a three-year-old, not a two-year-old last year in Native Trail, but obviously a very good horse, as is Caribus, yeah. who's a five-to-one. So, um, yeah, they've got some great chances, I think. Um, jockey wise, this this year, I mean, obviously we've not got Sheen Murphy now. How do you think that's going to affect, uh, you know, the rest of the? I mean, obviously there's going to be a few plum rides, uh, you know, being available now. Yeah, Oshin rode for a lot of people, including the Baldings, etc. And of course, um, was retained by Qataris in a Kipco, and and he he was big a big association there. <clears throat> so he rode for a lot of big trainers, but those trainers have got other jockeys. There's plenty around as it were, uh, we're very lucky to have excellent jockeys in this country. And William yeah. Buick now, who nearly won it last year, looks looks as though he's got a real chance of being champion jockey this year. Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, with O'Sheen not participating, it's going to uh, leave life uh, a little bit easier for William Buick, isn't it? Absolutely. But there'll be there'll be other children like Sylvester Souza will, will, will pick up a lot of rides and he'll ride a lot of winners. And, of course... Um, William Buick, you know, does ride for Godolphin, a big stable, powerful stable, but that sometimes rules him out of riding five or six horses, uh, fancy chances in other places, as it were, sometimes when he has to go abroad or something to ride yeah. for Godolphin. So it won't necessarily be plain sailing. You can't be in two places at once, in other words, is what you're saying, isn't there? <laughs> Absolutely. If only we could be. Yeah, quite. OK, Richard, well, look, thank you ever so much for that. It's, uh, it's you know, hopefully you can come on regularly and... Uh, you can keep us all posted on what's going on on the flat racing front. And, um, you know, thank you very much indeed for joining us. No, look forward to a great flat season ahead and uh, hopefully we'll be guiding people towards a few winners at big prices. Let's hope so. Thank you, Richard. You're a star. No problem. Well, that was Richard Phillips. And now it's time to catch up with Rod Millman down at Columpton. Well, afternoon, Rod. Thanks for joining us again. Um, looks like you've got a few runners lined up for Saturday and Sunday. Can you tell us a bit about them? Well, we've got Airshow off to... Sodog tomorrow. Yeah. Um, he's been running very consistently this year since January. He's had two wins in several seconds. He's, he's actually won £18,000 uh, since January. Oh, so that's... he's paying for himself. Yeah. Um, he's been a good horse since he's come back to the yard. We sold him as a three-year-old. Uh, the owners originally owned him, wanted to pass him on. And he went to a trainer in the Midlands. Um, he, didn't, he didn't do too well. And the people who bought him actually sent him back to us last year. Oh. So since he's come back, we've had four wins in about five seconds. Well, you must be doing something right so, then, Rod. 
he's he's done very well. He has been very lucky with him. Yeah, yeah. And he always run, he always runs a good race. Um, he he because he's been so successful recently, he's gone up the handicap and he's very susceptible to an improver. Yeah, that's the trouble. Yeah. Um, the handicapper can almost use him as a yardstick. He's he's been he was second, like I say, he was second last time out, and he should put up a good show again. I think. And then you've got Crystal Cass and Fast Steps lined up. Are they both running at Lingfield? Yeah, they're both both running, but it's their first their first outings of the year. Yeah. Crystal Cass nearly always takes a run to get her right. Um, there's only six runners. She should be in the price prize money. Right. And then we've got quite exciting horse called Fast Steps, who's having his first yard for us. Uh, we bought him last year at the Horses and Training Sale at Newmarket, and he was originally a €270,000 horse. Um, he'd shown reasonable form and he'd actually been a, a lead horse for one of the best horses at uh, Richard Hannon's yard yeah. and um, since, we, since we've had him we've obviously come to our smaller yard so we're trying to give him a bit more personal attention and see if we get on with him you know and then on Monday you've got three at Windsor are they all, all set to go? yes they are we've got uh, Miss Anna Cook she's won one race this year she's in a handicap five furlongs should suit her should run a good race yeah and uh, then crazy, crazy luck's having her first run of the season. She's a lovely filly. She she's she won several races last year. She's yeah. um she's gone up the handicap a little bit, but she's been very consistent. It's run very well. I'm hoping she's strengthened up over the winter, and she always runs a good race. And then we've got our first two-year-old run of the season. Um, he's running, and he's quite an exciting horse. He's by Dandy Man. Um, but you never know where you are with your first run as your two-year-old. So you're hoping you'll have a good run, but my course is generally improved for a race. Yeah, quite. And tell me, does the, does this cut sudden cold snap, does it have an effect on the horses at all when you've suddenly had some yes, nice it, weather? It does, doesn't do them any good <clears throat> because um, the the body gets used to being a uh, bit of warmth and then all of a sudden it's cold it'll set them back again, you know? Yeah, quite. So um, it, it's not ideal, but... It's the same for everybody, so it's a level playing field, really. Um, you mentioned last time we spoke about Ross Coakley. Um, I, I suppose the fact that you've lost um, Oshin Murphy for next season is a, is a bit of a blow to you, because he used to ride sort of quite a few horses for you, didn't he? Yeah, well, Ross, Ross, um, it's a shame with Oshin, but I'm hoping that um, you know he'll, he'll come back as good as ever when he comes back. Um, yeah. He's a brilliant jockey, but he's he's got to learn that... Um, he made a few mistakes and hopefully this will um, put him back on the straight and narrow again, you know. But Ross is um, a very good jockey. He's just come over from Ireland last season. We were one of the first trainers to use him. I, he had a couple of rides for me and he did very well and I kept on using him. But now Ross is in demand. I think he's um, he's ridden about 19 winners since January, so he's flying at the moment. Mm. Oh, well, so is he going to ride some of these over the weekend? Yes, he's riding. he's riding the next three for sure. And we're hoping that he can ride the ones on um, on Monday as well. Ah, oh, good, good. So all things all, all things uh, going well, and all systems go at the moment. Then, yes, they are. No, it's all going very well, really. Yes, very well. And and you, know, do you expect to sort of start, you know, gradually running more and more runners now? You know, now that uh, this flat season has yes. sort of started properly. We would hope to be yes. We hope to be getting going now. Yes, that's right. I mean, do you favour the uh, the turf to the all weather, or do you, you know? Yes, I, I prefer I prefer the the grass. Um, Kempton's not too bad, but the other tracks you've got to have track position on 
Um, well, Southall's, Southall's very good now. They've got a the new surface there, obviously. Yeah. Um, but uh, grass, I, I do prefer grass racing, and I think um, most people do, really. Well, and my owners certainly do. My yeah. owners certainly do. Lot, there's a lot of atmosphere on, on the grass, you know, and, mm. and the major meetings are run on grass, even now. Um, but the advantage of the all weather is you've got consistent going. Yeah. Some horses can't have it too too firm or too heavy, whereas on the, on the sand you've got consistent surface all the time. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, Rod, thanks for joining us. Good luck for the weekend and for Monday. Let's hope we can see a few winners then. Okay, thank you very much. I'll speak to, speak to you next week then, if that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. Well, now it's our first visit up to Lambourne to catch up with the cheeky chappy. It's Colin Brown. Well, morning, uh, Colin. Um, what gems have you got on the flat racing scene for us today, then? Well, of course, um, you know, everybody's probably thinking about some Scottish Grand Nationals and champion hurdles. And then, you know, in a couple of weeks' time, we've got the Grand National and Topham Trophy and all those big races. But Leopardstown kick off quite early, in fact, on the 2nd of April. And that's on Saturday. And, um, you know, they've got their Guineas trial out there. So the Irish, you know, can get a little step ahead of the game, if you like. And Aidan O'Brien's, of course, got a pretty full hand in all these races. So we'll have a little look at some leopards down, I think, to start with. Um, now I've got one or two ideas, a couple of quite nice handicaps where the big race entries have come out. A couple of horses that we need to be looking out for. Maybe your listeners can just put in their tracker. Yeah. Um, so we'll just feel our way a little bit if that's okay with you absolutely um, perfect and coming into saturday well there's a horse uh running hopefully will be running at um at leopardstown who was very very beautifully bred this one out of that great mare tiggy wiggy who won six of her 12 races i mean she was rated a 117 this one runs at leopardstown in the two o'clock this Saturday, and it's called Samuel Peeps. Um, now, it, it, as we speak, of course, I can't say it's a certain, certain runner, but I've been told that it's pretty much going to go for this maiden race there at Leopardstown, the two o'clock. And um, it's called The Flat is Back at Leopardstown uh, Maiden. And Samuel Peeps, as I say, is just beautifully bred. It's by the great Galileo. Um, as I say, a really good mare that Tiggy Wiggy was. She won. Do you remember Tiggy Wiggy, Richard Hannon trainer? Mm, of course, I do actually. She doesn't ring any bells with me. Okay. But... Oh, yeah. Well, she was top class. She yeah. was top class. Uh, really good mare. In fact, she has bred a couple of winners already and they've won quite nice uh, prize money. But um, yeah, she was top class, but she was a little bit naughty sometimes. Sometimes she didn't want to go into the stalls. Mm. So, you know, you have to keep that in mind. But on the whole, I think, yeah, if uh, if she turns up there in the two o'clock, she'll take the beating. Okay. In the 2.35, in the 2.35 at Leopardstown, we have the Bally Lynch Stud Red Rocks 2000 Guineas Trial. This is a listed race. And, um, you know, a few of these horses, they have a couple of trials. They have like the Guineas Trials and they have you know, these listed races and group threes, Newmarket, like at the Craven meeting, which is coming up soon. You know, they're all trials for the guineas that are end of April or into May. And um, Aidan O'Brien's got uh, one or two entries here. One or two that actually haven't really stood out. Um, 
last year in their races, I must say. But, um, you know, not maybe as well as some of them um, from the yard, you know, done quite as well as some of them from the yard. But um, there's a couple here that I thought were quite interesting. The first one in this race of it runs called Gladthorn. Um, and that ran pretty well in most of its races, just beaten at Leopardstown was six at Newmarket, so that good horse native trail, only beaten six lengths. And he could be good enough for this one to win the Leopardstown listed Guineas trial, 2000 Guineas trial in the 235. That's Loudthorn trained by um, Aidan O'Brien. Of course, Aidan O'Brien, you know, in big opposition in Ireland, flatwise, is Joseph O'Brien. And then another boy that uh, that um, that uh, trains as well. And they're all taking each other on, you know, quite amazing, really, because yeah. other other flat trainers in, in Ireland are Dermot World. Jessica Harrington's got quite a few. Um, and that's more or less it, really. If I, I think I've probably forgotten one. If he was listening now, he'd be a bit... Um, He'd be a bit... Uh, Joe Lyons, I suppose you have to say. And talking about the Guineas trial, um, here we are. Talking about the 1,000 Guineas trial, should I say. Joe Lyons runs a lovely filly that was disappointing when it came over to Newmarket um, on very firm ground. Um, just ran a bit flat, but had done nothing wrong all the year. Um, and that was a horse called... Sacred Bridge, owned by Judd Mark, of course, that was Prince Carl Abdullah. And uh, this one would be worth a, a second look, I think. It was so good last year. You can, you know, you can just uh, forgive one poor run, if you like. Now, yeah, Brian's have got plenty of opposition, you know, uh, against Sacred Bridge, things like um, Cantarelli, Chappelle, and uh, horses of, from Joseph O'Brien's called Agartha. Um, oh, you know, plenty of opposition, but I think you'll find that Sacred Bridge is pretty good, and she'd be around about top rated of the entries for the Thousand Guineas trial on Saturday. Do you not think, though, Colin, that people over here in, in the UK tend to be slightly nervous, shall we say, of backing stuff in Ireland because they don't see it that regularly, they don't, they don't hear about it that regularly? Yeah, they can be. But I mean, if, if you're a bit of a keen punter or just really interested, you know, you can go on the race and post site. You can go, if you, as long as you've got the right little subscriptions that don't really cost fortunes, you can go on to the um, Out the Races site. You know, you can watch their races back, really. Mm. So you can look at them just the same as in this country. And then you sort of know what sort of opposition is going to be coming across to take us on here if you're a flat race fan yeah. you know, in England at a later stage. So yeah, if people have got the sort of time to do so. I mean, I don't do it too early. I leave it to probably the declarations are out. And, you know, if one of my fancies runs, then I'll look at their races, look back at their races and just, um, you know, take a little peep at them and, and just see what I think, um, you know, what I think of their last two or three runs, if they've had two or three runs in Ireland. Yeah. And it's, it's always interesting. Actually, just... Uh, just to quit look, looking back, uh, listeners and lady, um, uh, at the Lincoln meeting the other day, uh, I, the horses that I gave you, um, I did fancy the horse, the, the, the favourite that went off um, of, of William Haggis's. Yeah. You know, it's all about the draw and the ground and whether it rains, whether it doesn't. And what happened over there was 
it blimmin' the, the higher number of horses were favoured in the end. So the winner came out at 12, and a couple of my fancies were drawn one and three or something. And, you know, if you're not on the pace, then, you know, you need to be a Frankl or a sort of, you know, complete and utter superstar to win those type of races. Because if you're not on the pace, you know, it's hard, especially in sort of straight races, you know, to yeah, to get yeah. on the pace. And they just weren't there. But I think the two-year-old to follow and the one that I did tip up to you, the dam uh, won the uh, the big Weatherby Super Strength in Newbury, and that was Persian Force. That won nicely mm. in our first race there, Donny, last week. So I think that definitely is one to you know to, to keep an eye on. Right. Um, right. Just as I say, you got the you got the trials at Leopardstown this weekend, and we'll be having our trials uh, fairly soon here in England. You know, that'll be the the Greener meeting at. Um, to Newbury and the Craven meeting at Newmarket. And um, in our trials, we're expecting maybe, unless he goes straight there, to see native trial. And that's the horse that, of course, um, you know, won the national stakes. He won the Dewhurst stakes. He was very, very good. And um, he, 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 he looks exceptional, doesn't he, from the yeah. Charlie Appleby yard. Um, he really does. Um, what's called Modern Games is the other one that I like. He won the Tat Somerville Stakes Group 3. And um, he's another horse that uh, I think we need to be following. There's some, there's some very good horses um, going to be coming out fairly soon. Um, but yeah, um, keep an eye out for Luxembourg. Apparently, this is flying from the Aiden O'Brien team. They won the uh, Futurity Stakes at Donny. Uh, Ryan Moore rode him, and I think he's pretty special. Um, the other horse, a big price for one of these trials, a horse to look at, what's called Bayside Boy, who was held by native trial but looked a little bit of an improver. So, if you if your um, if if your listeners are listening in, just Bayside Boy is one to stick down for your notebooks but yeah we've got some great trials coming up we really have I mean, some great racing coming up for in the next um, few weeks now you know i would advise you, he's obviously got his horses ready quite early to keep an eye on the likes of andrew balding uh keep your eye on the likes of mick shannon his horses are in great form and i've heard some quite good reports of a couple of two-year-olds uh, doing their paces moving through the paces over at the old um Imagine the Queen used to own the yard, of course, uh, over in um, West Ilsley and uh, East Ilsley, should I say. So he's got one or two two-year-olds that have been stepping up a little bit on the gallops. He does tend to get them ready. And also, there's been um, a couple of entries made for one or two of the biggish handicaps. And one of them is in a couple of weeks' time, and that is up at Musselburgh. And uh, there's a couple of horses in this race that have been working really well um, at home. They got them ready for sort of, you know, some decent sort of handicaps early in the season. Um, one of them's a horse called Opera Gift, trained by Andrew Balding, um, owned by Jeff Smith. He's a horse that's uh, had quite a long break, but they think he'll come back and probably just need one run and then he'll be back in fine form. There is a horse they like a lot. Um, and that is called Opera Gift. Um, there's another horse that um, that won the other day, 
called Raymond Tusk from the Alan King yard. And uh, it's one I should have probably mentioned last week, but didn't. Sorry. Uh, but it's a bit of an improver. And it's also it'll be you'll see out these big old handicaps, big staying handicaps with an eye to maybe going forward to Royal Ascot. You know, that's the sort of um, that those, those sort of uh, staying handicaps there. And they're two horses to keep a really, really uh, good, strong eye on. Um, where are we? Opera Gift. Yep. And, um, and Raymond Tusk. OK, Colin, that's good. Well, that... Uh... That gives us something to chew on, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. I, I just throw one more in here that's been working well, and, be, and it could be going for a listed race. I'm not quite sure which date it is, but it's at Bath, and it's trained by Ed Walker. Ed Walker's horses, you know, he gets them pretty forward. He's got a, a, a big yard and um, big expectation there. You know, he he is expected to, um, you know, have another real good season. Yeah. And it's also called. T- Ten Kenya Canyon. It's going to go for a listed fillies race at Bath. It'll be uh, ridden by Tom Marquan or his wife Holly Doyle. They are the two riders that ride it out, and and, and uh, the owners, the uh, racecourse, uh, the RCA are keen to have either one of those jockeys on board. Um, and just another trainer to look out for this season. I mean, they, they, they've done very well, full stop. Uh, Simon Christford, especially. And then, um, you know, his son's now come on board. Um, they've had 11 winners so far this year. But keep an eye out for Simon and Ed Christford. I think they're, they're trainers to worth, worth following. I think they're really trainers that are going to go forward and, uh, you know, plenty of winners um, early season. So keep an eye on them as well. So, you know, that's my little roundup. It'll be getting more and more interesting as the um you know as as the time goes on okay fine well that's great thank you very much for that colin um just one last question before you close do you think that charlie appleby is going to sweep all before him because he's obviously got all the godolphin uh two-year-old and what do you think well he's a very good trainer really nice man um yeah long as you know long as godolphin keep thrown in the ammo then, yeah, I think he will. And he gets the best of them, you know, and he's a very good trainer. Yeah, yeah I'd say yeah. so. No doubt about it. OK, well, we'll speak to you later on in the show, Colin, with the uh, your tips for this weekend. But thanks for the, okay. the, flat, ra- the flat racing roundup. And um, we'll speak to you later. Thank you very much. Lovely. Thanks, Eddie. Thanks. Well, now it's time to catch up with Dave Wilson from Harlequin Racing. Well, evening, Dave. Uh, a real cold, ridiculously cold, sunny day. But it's been sunny, but bloody cold, hasn't it, eh? Yeah, I was uh, doing the school run this afternoon, waiting for the girls to come out, and it snowed. Yeah, I see. we had <laughs> some here. We had yeah, some here. Yeah, just uh, bizarre. Absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, <clears throat> Sun shining and the snow coming down. It, it looked lovely across the oval, so yeah. there you go. But yeah, we go. we'll have a... Hopefully it'll get warmer again. So yeah. we're going to have a... We're going to have a little trip this weekend all the way up to Scotland and uh, we've got a nice meeting on at air with the Scottish Champion Hurdle and the Scottish Grand National one up there on Saturday. Right. So we're going to start there with one fifteen race and the horse that we like in this one is Melastic. Uh, Brian Hughes takes the ride for Peter Niven and uh, this fella runs second to all mankind basically in this type of race last year at this meeting. 
and then he had a wind up, and he's been off for uh, 321 days. Uh, the old Ted Rogers, three, two, one, man, uh, come to mind as I said that one. Yeah. And uh, he's been, he was running very well when he's had these one run after that time off, and he unseated Callum Bewley when he was in with a chance at Doncaster back on the 5th of March. Uh, Brian Hughes takes the ride, as we said now, and his previous four efforts prior to all of that goings on where he's had lots of time off, he won two races, and he was second twice. Once to Protectorat, who was uh, about four to one to win the Gold Cup this year, and then he was beaten a neck by Prashima in a National Hunt flat race, and Prashima then went out and won three of his next four races after that as well. So obviously this horse can run, it's just if he's going to keep the jockey on board with the unseated last time and he had a wind up uh, 320-odd days ago but he's priced up at 5-1 to one, and I think he's worth taking a chance on with an each-way bet there, so okay. realistic in uh, 115. Alright. Moving down to the 150 race, we like the chances here of uh, Nico de Boinville or Nicky Henderson charge Dussart. Two wins from two in his chase, uh, chase races this season. And, and then he went to Cheltenham Festival and he was in the Brown Advisory and he ran fifth there and he was not too far behind the very impressive Le Homme Presse there that day and he's going to have three miles to contend with and he's going to be on a lot better ground than he was at Cheltenham because it was a bit soft there that day when that race was on and I really think this fella's got an outstanding chance here uh, the second favourite in the race is called Sounds Russian now, three runs back, this horse was running off of a handicap mark of 111. And in this race, he's running off of a handicap mark of 145. He's gone up the handicap 34 pounds in three runs. Now, when I look at a horse and it goes up 14 pounds in a few runs, you seem to put a pencil through. So a horse that's gone up that much, it's going to take an outstanding effort for him to improve again and beat a, a horse that's carrying his finger in weight. So I think Dussart's a very, very good bet and he's our nap of the day and he's priced up at the moment three to one with Corals. So that's Dussart in the second race at Air of 150 there. Okay, fine. Moving down to the Scottish champion hurdle, the 225. I like the chances here of Barrichello, uh, another one that's going to be ridden by Brian Hughes and uh, this one's trained by Donald McCain. Now, he's won four from his last five races and... It's notable that previous to these five races, he had wind surgery. And he's come out, and the only race that he's lost since he's had his wind surgery was on very soft going. And he's also beat the likes of Good Risk or Warwick, and that horse then come out and won at Newcastle. And there's a few others that have been in the race. And he's only carrying £4 more than when he won two previous races back. So he's in with a very good chance there. And uh, as I say, good risk at all was behind him. He come out and won off a three pounds higher. Third place in that race was Washington. He's come out and won as well since. So the form is very, very, very solid. And uh, he's priced up at seven to one. And I think he's worth having a nice each way bet on him there. So it's Barry Cello in the third to 225, the Scottish champion hurdle. Okay. Over the page to the three o'clock, the future champion, Novice Chase. Uh, five runners go to post in this, and I think any one of the five can win it. Uh, the only thing that we're going to have a look at is the Milton Harris uh, horse, and that's called Jackamar. And 
just to give a little plug to a betting firm here, Bresbet have just taken over sponsoring Milton Harris's horses. So uh, it just goes to show how Milton's getting on this year when he's being noticed by uh, people and they're taking up sponsorship deals with him. Yeah. So uh, we're having a look at Jackamar in this race and Mitch Bastian takes the ride. He's been very, very consistent of late. He, he looked a very tricky ride at the start of the season and Paddy Brennan had some steering problems with him at Wing Canton when he won. But last time out, he just but breezed past the horse to win the race, and he won by five, five and a half lengths very, very easily. So uh, we're going to take a chance with him where he's got improvement in his handicap ratings, as we think, and the other four horses look to be well within the handicapper's grip. So we're going to take a chance with uh, Jack Lamar at 6-1 to one on an inch-way bet there. Well, Milton's on the show um, today, and uh, he's quite boyish, uh, bullish about that one. So uh, and it's a fair way to go as well. So uh, you know, one thinks he must have a a fairly good chance, I should think. Yeah, so one way to go, and he's got other runners around the country that day. But he's sent his like Mitch Bastian seems to be his main jockey that he uses if he can't get hold of Paddy Brennan. So uh, sending Mitch Bastian all the way up there as well for the the one ride or whatever Mitch has got on the day, it, it does stand out that he he must fancy the horse. So uh, yeah. we'd certainly side up with his comments about that one there. So uh, very nice. Uh, the 3.35 race is a Scottish Grand National, and one we think has slipped through the handicapper's grip here is the Irish horse, Stormy Judge. Going to be ridden by David Mullins and trained by Pat Farr. He priced up around about 10 to 1 at the moment. Now, this is the main Irish raider in the race. I think there's two of them in there, and this is the one that's got the big chance. So I can see it being very well supported on the day, especially being a Grand National race, especially being the Irish-trained fancy. Now, the Irish horses seem to improve leaps and bounds when they come across on the ferry from Ireland for some reason. And uh, obviously this fella's making his way up to Scotland for this race. He did last season. He won two on the bounce. And then he's had 351 days off like these Irish horses seem to do. Two runs down the field, entered into a big race over in England, well, Scotland this time, sorry. And then boom, box your uncle, in they go and win. Now, it's very noticeable he's running off of his Irish handicap mark as well, whereas most of the Irish horses come over and they get around 8 to £10 pounds extra to carry. But this fella's running off of his Irish handicap mark, so to me that says he's going to be well in on the weights if he can produce his uh, winning form from 351 days ago. So uh, 10 to 1's a very nice price, and I think he'll have a very good option there for an each-way bet. So that's a 3.35 there, the Scottish Grand National Stormy Judge. OK. Moving down to the 4.10, uh, Getaway Trump's in the race. Now, one of my girls, she owns a share in this one, and he's named Donald. Uh, I don't know why Donald and Trump go together on a racehorse, but no. he's called Donald, <laughs> so <laughs> we'll have to have a look at that one. Uh, Byron is uh, Byron Frost is going to be riding him, and he's trained by Paul Nichols. Now, if you look back at this horse's form, in 2019, he beat Galvin off of level weights, at air in the only time that he's ever run round that track. Now, Galvin's gone on to be a 165-rated tracer and was second favourite in the Gold Cup at Cheltenham this year. And this fellow also has run champ to two and a half lengths in the Channel Hurdle at Newbury. And then Paul Nichols has taken him chasing for a year and a bit, and it's not really worked out, and the horse has reverted back over hurdles. Now, obviously, with my daughter having a share in this one, she knows the ins and outs of it, and she's got the race report from Paul Nichols, which you don't really want to tell everyone. But 
we're tipping him, so it obviously gives you gives the clue and uh, the hints from the training and the stables are that he could well spring back to his very very best form. He's got the trip that he wants, he's got the ground that he wants, and he's at a track where he's absolutely run a very good horse and beat it. So uh, the handicap has also dropped him five pounds from his last run as well. He's priced up at around about nine to one at the moment, and it looks to be outstanding value. So I suggest everyone has a little each way bet on him there just in case he comes back to that fantastic form that he showed when he was running with Champ and Galvin and all them types of horses. So that's getaway Trump in the 410. Okay, fine. Moving down to the 445 race, uh, we like the chances here of a horse called Scatman. Uh, it's going to be ridden by a jockey called Peter Summers, who I know absolutely zero about. I've never seen the name before, but he's a three-pound claimer, and he's going to be riding for Paul Nichols in this one. Now, Scatman's priced up currently around about eight to one. Uh, this horse is a very, very nice horse, and last season he won two out of three races, and uh, one of them was a three-mile point-to-point, and then he beat a very informed horse called Presented and Counting, and Presented and Counting come out and won four of his next six races. Now, this season we tipped Scatman up on the opening day of jump season when he went down to Newton Abbott, and he beat a horse called Yagdrasil. And he beat him very easily, two lengths there. And uh, he's then stepped up in his next two races to two miles five and three miles. And he hasn't really seen the trip out and he run below form. And he's been dropped back now to two miles four in this one. But the thing to note is Yadkrasil has gone on to win uh, three of his next four races. And he won very nicely up uh, Utoxito on Tuesday in the Bresbet day up there hmm. and he, he he won off of a handicap mark of 122 that day and Scatman when he raced against him was giving him seven pounds so it tells you that Scatman's going to be rating around about 130 mark off of that form if you take it literally and go through it but the real reality is Scatman's actually running off a handicap mark of 121 and also getting three pounds off for jockeys who's only running off of 118 and if he comes back to the form that he showed last year and when he beat Yankazil in October, he's going to be a very, very big price at 8-1, to one, especially with four places on offer for an each-way bet there. So uh, we think Scatland's got a very good chance there in the 4.45. OK, well done, Dave. Moving down to the last one on the card, we've got one more to go. It's the National Hump Bumper. And we always say we don't, don't get too involved in these and uh, you've got to remember they're young horses who are learning how to race and getting race experience. But one of them in the race here is called Call Me Harry. He impressed me quite a lot when he won on a uh, bumper race at Newcastle on the all-weather. He beat one of uh, Richard Fahey's horses, uh, Rassler Fayaf, or something that had been very, very well supported. And that came absolutely cruising through to lead a furlong out but call me harry picked it up now he's only had one run since then and he ran at the champion bumper up at the cheltenham festival in the delayed last race on the wednesday when it absolutely heaved it down with rain and i think just put a pencil through that line of form because i think it's a lot better horse than a, than a pulled up runner in that sort of race and uh, he's priced up at four to one uh roughly in this race coming up so uh, we think he'll have a serious chance of uh troubling the judge here. so as we say don't get too involved in a bumper race but the last race on the card if you're going to have an investment call me Harry's worth having 50 pence each way on him there okay fine thank you very much Dave and you're not you're no not problem. going up to air tomorrow then 
No, I'm off to Newbury on Friday, and I had a horse running at Newbury on Saturday that is a non-runner now, or I had a horse running on Friday is a non-runner and one's running Saturday one way round, so I may well just stay over in Newbury for the weekend, Friday night, and uh, go racing Friday, Saturday at Newbury. Good little festival, well, two days of racing there, it's called the end of season jumps finale at Newbury, so uh, it'd be nice, and... uh, Anyone that is listening, there's one running on Friday, which is probably too late for everyone to get it. It's Straw Fan Jack. We think he's got a good chance of winning there. So uh, we'll have a look at that one as we're going on. But that's okay. where we are this weekend, mate. All right. Well, thank you very much for that. And uh, we'll catch up with you next week. Lovely. Cheers, AD. I'll speak to you Dave. soon. Yeah, cheers, mate. Well, in keeping with tradition, we always leave the worst till last. Sorry, the best till last. And here comes Colin Brown with his tips for the weekend. Well, good evening, Colin. Uh, back again. On to the tipping service now. So what have you got for us this weekend, then? Well, how many winners did we have last weekend? Then, six obviously? you had last weekend. What, six out of six? No. Uh, you had Mother Earth and Radabury, I yeah. think it's called, at yeah. the Curra. Yeah. You had Persian Force at Doncaster, Chindit at Doncaster, yeah, Theatre Glory yeah. at Kelso, and Bold Reaction at Kelso. Right, not so not too, too not not, not bad too, really, not bad for you. We got a great we got a great weekend, listeners, because you know over the years I've been to the um, uh, Scottish National and Champion Hurdle, and um, you know for those of you that are old enough to remember, I I rode a horse called Remexo. You probably wouldn't remember him, but he was owned by a great mate of mine who um, who uh, had horses with david ellsworth and we went up there and we stayed and we stayed oh gosh what's the golfing hotel what's the lovely hotel near air troon we stayed near troon we had lovely meals up there because i had plenty of weight on the horses i was riding and um we ran a horse in the scottish champion and looked all over the winner sea pigeon got up and beat us the blooming short head yeah. and uh that was a great run. That was a great race. But now this weekend, we've got the Scottish champion um, hurdle and the Scottish Grand National. Normally, it's like two weeks after Liverpool, but they sort of changed the dates around a bit. But there we go. Oh. Anyhow, where we're going to start, Old Sausage, is at Chepstow, 327. Have what you like on a horse called Balinska, number one, ridden by Isabel Williams or Evan Williams. It skated up the other day down at Plumpton. And it will win again. 327 Chepstow. Balinska will win again. Okay, bold words. They are bold words. They are, no, they blimmin' are. And um, moving on to the 402 at Chepstow. It's quite a really competitive little race, this is actually. But there's also called Getaway Love, trained by Cliff Booby Brooks and uh, owned by his daughter, I think. But um, this horse uh, was trained by Ollie Murphy. Now, this guy's just got a permit. And it beat a horse called uh, Morgenstern that um, ran a couple of days ago. I quite fancied it down at some football and it got beaten. But um, it could go quite well, but it's probably got to beat the top horse, Philae Illico. Uh, trained by John Joe O'Neill. And this horse beat a horse called Pride of Lecale last time at Leicester. Won quite well. Time before that, it won 
I think that will probably win it. But um, that's the one to be on. Number one, Philly Illico to beat Get Away Love. And that's at Chepstow in the 402. Okay, love. Um, now, quite good, quite good racing down at Chepstow. She's a great track, Chepstow. If you've never been, well, you know, lady, but if, if you've never been, listeners, make a little point of going to Chepstow because it really is a cracking track. Lovely views and um, not giving too much away, but there is later on in the year at Chepstow, um, sort of. Uh, first, you know, for, uh, first time racing, first time race goers to go racing. You know, people that never been or been a couple of times and thought, well, just ordinary, you know. And um, I'm hosting a day down there. It's going to be August, September time. But there's quite a big attraction, possibly to some people, because there's a certain Carol Vorderman that's going to be joining me. Oh, and we're wow. going to sort of do the day together. So um, it could be a bit of fun, I'd say. So um, if you're listening... And you're thinking, you know, I've never been racing. I listen to this program a bit. And why not? Because it's beautifully hosted by yourself, Mr. Hopper. Um, and, uh, yeah, come, come down to Chepstow. It's going to be August, September time, but I will let you know the date. Okay, look forward to that. Yeah, well, you've been racing many times, so you can't really come. Oh, right. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's go to air. Let's go to air and see what's happening. We've got the Scotty Brand Handicap. Steeple Chase, that's at one fifteen on Saturday. And um, again, it's a really you know, competitive race. We're poor crikey. There's some decent horses in this. And um, there's a horse called Hatcher of Dan Skelton's unseated stand down last time out behind um, Dolus. But he wasn't travelling badly. He stumbled badly at the 8th and unseated. And um, <clears throat> Wouldn't be the biggest surprise if it ran quite well. But having said that, I don't think it's probably going to beat Tom Lacey's Sebastopol. And this is owned by Mr. Boopy Brooks, who has a horse or two in training. It'd be Golden Boy Grey at Kempton last time out. Golden Boy Grey, I tipped up at um, Ascot on Sunday. I was doing the presentation there. Came out and hacked up. So I think there's a win, Sebastopol, in the 115 at air. Right. Great racing up there. It really is. Then we got the champion chase up there. God, you know, doesn't get any better, does it, really? No, um, it's pretty good. What? Gone. It's pretty good. No, it's very good, AD, yeah. What wins it? Well, you know, I'm not too sure, really. <laughs> Dusart was a little bit disappointing last time out. He wouldn't be, you know, uh, should I say last season, but he wasn't too shabby the other day at Cheltenham when only beaten 14 lengths by Le Home Press. And uh, Dusart, I think, can win for the stable of uh, Nicky Anderson and Nico de Boinville. Right. So, yeah, we got some great racing. And then I'm at Newbury on Saturday. I mean, I'm not going up to air. I have been up to air a few times to work at this meeting, but you know, the logistics of me from down the south here, getting to air um, and just, you know, going through the motions of, you know, tipping there for the day and spending the day with punters and coming back. You know, it's not as easy as it looks. And um, no, it's not. so I will not. No, it's not. 
I won't. I won't be going there. Anyhow. Well, you could have taken mine, Mary, couldn't you? Mary would have come to air, wouldn't she? Yeah. yeah I could have put just. I could put her in a taxi from 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 down your way. Yeah. Uh, her way. It's not too far from your way. And sent her up to Heathrow, met her at Heathrow Terminal Five, popped her on a plane with me, and we could have just flown up to air. Because air is not. I was only ten minutes in a taxi. I've done that many times. Yeah, it would have been nice, Mary. What a shame! I should have invited you, but I'm not going there. So oh. anyhow, I hope you're okay. <laughs> right, right. Now there's a horse. There's a horse called Do Your Job, and it runs at air at three o'clock. It's not a bad horse. Trained by Scudamore. What about the two twenty-five? You're not doing anything in that. In the two two twenty-five? Yeah. No, I'm not. I do not. It, yeah, I have. Yeah, I've just given you one of my. I don't know. Have you? No, I'm not. Oh no, I didn't. know. I, I I talked about the two twenty five champion chase, but nothing I really fancy. I'll be honest. Okay. So I'm going to go for the three o'clock, and I'm going to go for a good duty job. Mm. Won't be far away. Michael Scudamore, damn good trainer, mate of mine owns this um, in the orange and black colours. Won't be far away. Um, sorry, it's the future champions novice chase, whereas the other one is the uh, champion uh, chase there at air. Right on to the 335, Eddie. This is the uh, Scottish Grand National. You need to stay longer than the mother-in-law in this race. Yeah. And um, what wins it? There's a lot of runners in it. And I'll tell you what, Christian Williams doesn't mind throwing a few darts at the board in these type of races. And he did it the other day in the um, Racing Post Chase at Kempton and had the first and the second. It's a very, very competitive race and um, gosh, what wins it has got to be quite a good horse, you know because it's a stiff old, you know, it's a tough old race, they need to jump, they need to stay, they need a bit of luck, they need all the sort of attributes that um, make a sort of maybe not quite top class but they need all the attributes that make something that's as tough as teak and can get stuck in and, you know, don't mind a fight and um, quite possibly, it could easily be the horse that finished second in the race post-chase to capture Noir, and that's Kitty's Light for the um, for the Christian Williams yard. So that's the horse I quite fancy. I think he's got a good each way chance, about 6-7 to 1. I don't think he's going to be too far away. So Kitty's Light for me in the 3.35 up there at yeah. I tell you what, I'm just looking. I see that um, uh, Mr. O'Brien, Fergal O'Brien's got the horses taken up there. Twenty to one shot. A yeah. second, second, first pulled up second. Ask a honeybee. I think that's got a chance. All right. Well, I know you're a good judge, and you win thousands and thousands <laughs> of pounds. That'll yeah, be the gambling. Day. That'll so be the day. we'll take we'll take that from you. Yeah. Um, ask the honey bunch. Right, honey bee, ask honey well. bee. Oh, honey bee? Yeah. Not honey bunch. No, okay. Honey right. bee. Okay, we'll right. look at that. As you were, carry on. Carry on. Carry, carry on. on. Right. There's a horse looking for a bit of better ground. I was talking to um, Peter Scudamore the other day, and it's called Idem. And it was second at Aintree back in November, I think it was, to a horse called Legionnaire. Trained by your mate, um, 
Mr. Milton Harris. And that hadn't been disgraced since at Cheltenham in a good race. And I think that might win the bumper. It's called Idem or Idem, Edem, Idem, number seven dive around, in the don't final you? race. I mean, I'm huh? one minute I'm in the fourth four ten, and the next minute it's five five fifty five. Yeah, well, that's because I missed that. That's because I missed out the four forty five because I don't fancy anything in it. Yeah, know? well, you should tell me, and and the listeners because they're all sitting there waiting with their pens poised. <laughs> yeah, the last race at air, Idem. Train by Lucinda Russell, yeah. written by Derek Fox. I've got it. I've just given you a, a what's it. That's all. So um, I am very sorry. That's all right. You'll you'll um, you'll let you, off this time. Tip in every race, can you? Can you? No. So where are we now? Then tomorrow? No, I don't want tomorrow. We're off to Newbury. Newbury, yeah. We're off to Newbury. And um, for listeners that are old enough, do remember Johnny Hayne? Do you remember Johnny Hayne? Yeah, Fulham and England. Yeah. Huh? Fulham and England, you mean? No, Johnny Hayne, the jockey at Twit. Oh, I don't mean Johnny Hayne's the footballer. <laughs> the jockey. <laughs> um, he was an ex ex jockey, great uh, great rider, fantastic rider was Johnny, and um, sadly he died. Well, probably twenty years ago, I think. But there's always that's probably a, a why I don't remember him then. Down at, um, huh? I said that's probably why I don't remember him then. <laughs> no, well. Because you're so young, I suppose. Yeah. You, you, it was your birthday last week, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. Yes, indeed. How old were you last week then? I think someone said you're about 55. Yeah. Right? Add 20 to that and you're about right. God, you do a great job. Mm. Right, what wins the first race on the card? The Johnny... Do you know, there's a horse called um, Sir Title that won here the other day. And there were quite a few good horses in the race. And I just gave this horse a chance because he'd been beaten a couple of times in pretty decent races. I thought he'd just got enough experience and he was probably not going to be too far away. But whether he can beat the Taunton winner, and that is called In um, Inca de Lafayette, I don't expect he probably can. So that's going to be the section. Only a four-year-old won his last two. Inca de Lafayette in the one o'clock, the Johnny Hay Memorial at Newbury. Um, moving on to the 1.35 there, um, AD. Quite a competitive little race, but there's a horse of um, Gary Moores I've been waiting to come right this year called Roy Army Uni. And he won last time out at football. Time before that, he was only beaten seven lengths in the Betfair hurdle. And um, he did it well the other day. I think he'll win again. He's called Roy Ormy Uni in the um, in the second race at Newbury. That's the one thirty-five. They start quite early actually on Saturday. Mm, um, they've they, they, been no good for you because you probably wouldn't be out of bed. Um, right, moving on. <laughs> probably moving on. So moving. Carry moving on. Moving on. Carry on. Moving on. Moving on to the two ten. There's a horse called. Um, no comment. Uh, that sort of carries on from our conversation. Mm. Uh, a winner at Huntington, a couple of runs ago for one, two, three, only off about one, two, five now. Um, it can win again for Philip Hobbs. He's had a good year, Philip Hobbs, and I think this won't be far away. It's called No Comment in the 210 at Newbury. Mm. Right, my wife does say to me quite often, You do lose people, Colin. Sometimes you go from 
one conversation to another. Yeah, so she's, she's right. probably right. Uh, as you said just now, but there's a horse running in the 245 yeah. that won last time out at Wincanton. It's called Sabrina. It's again owned by the owners group. And the owners group, you know, they're a great old team to be with, aren't they? Yeah. Well, your team are good, aren't they? What were you with? You're with Hot, um, to, hot, hot to trot. trot. Yeah. Yeah, they're excellent. They're very good to be with, actually, because you're not like one of 3,000. You're mm. one of about 20, 20 or something. But, you know, if you fancy something a little bit cheaper, um, then owners group's good. And the horse called Sabrina, I think, can win the 245 at Newbury. Um, right. I, I don't really fancy anything in the 320. Um, in the 355, one of your old favourites runs here called Lala. Yeah. Or Laylor, who's been really disappointed. You know, um, she didn't do that well with it after, you know, a couple of wind operations, Katie Woylecott, but then they sent it to Nichols and it's done no good either. Mm. Just one of those horses that was good-ish, you know, about three years ago, I wouldn't back it with stolen money. No. So not for me. Um, right, on to the last race. Let's try and find a winner in the last race. Um, it's a national flat race. Gosh, what wins it? No. There's one actually called Boom Boom. And it's trained by Henderson. It was third to not a bad horse at Kempton called Leave of Absence. Um, it needed to run that day. And the second horse has come out and hadn't been too, you know, wasn't beaten too far in a decent race. So that's what I'm going to go for in the final race at Newbury on Saturday, and that is my last bet of the day. I've rocked up a few bets today. I've probably been encouraged by you a little bit, haven't I? Well, probably. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. <laughs> well done, Colin. That's it. That's the way to do it. We'll have another six winners today, or tomorrow, and uh, no, Saturday even. Um, yeah, no, well done. Thank you very much. Well, give it a go. No problem. Have a great weekend, listeners, and Mary, if... Uh, Sorry, I have to take you to air another day. And uh, AD, I hope you're back a few winners. Um, I know you've got plenty of money anyhow, but I know you like a little dabble. So, mm. you know, if you want to have your £1,000 on one, which you often do on a Saturday, I believe, the very first tip that I gave you of Evan Williams, written by Isabel Williams, um, on Saturday, that's the one, if I was going to have a grand on one, I would. Do you remember what it was called? No, but I've got it written down in my little black book. <laughs> So it is called. Right. Well, it I... is called. Hang on, I'll tell you now. Uh, Balin Sinker. Well done, you. Good, 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 uh, good See, thought. All right. The system works. So, uh, well, we'll be talking to you next week, I'm sure, Colin. So, thank you for that. Yeah. Have a good no weekend, problem. and um, yeah, we'll speak to you soon. Lovely. Have a great weekend yourselves. Take care. Bye bye. Wow, we've broken our record. Over two hours this week of solid information for you racing fans but that's it for this week join us again next week same time same station bye bye for now <laughs>